Hello to you listening out there. Uh, thank you very much for stopping by this week. A, an exciting but different episode this week. Um, I will be doing a solo episode. Uh, not unlike Ryan uh, did a few weeks ago. Uh, Ryan's feeling a bit under the weather and if you can hear my voice, um, I have, uh, I've been a little bit under the weather myself the last few days, but I'm feeling pretty good today and uh, the show must go on as they say. So you get to sit with me, you get to relax with me, we get to, uh, we get to hang out for a little while. So I'm really excited for this. Uh, so welcome to the podcast Journey with Michael and Ryan. Today it's just me, Michael, Michael Wilson here. And uh, I'm very excited that uh, we, get to, we get to chat about some things today. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about today uh, is attachment. Attachment styles, non-attachment, and we're just going to pull the thread a little bit. We're going to see where we get to from there, and we're going to, yeah, and just kind of move into the realms uh, of this, you know, podcast style, uh, and we just open up the box and, and see where we can get to. So attachment. Uh, I guess where we could start with attachment from there is, for me, attachment is the, wow, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole Pandora's box, really. I mean, everyone's heard of trauma detachments or trauma bonds and toxic attachments and, and all of that. I mean, it, it, it's all encompassing and it all goes over, you know, what I want to talk about today. Um, I guess the reason why this topic um, sprung up for me to speak about today is because I'm just going through a bit of a, a bit of a process at the moment with the current job that I've been doing and, and I've resigned from it and leaving it there and 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 just checking in with myself about how I feel about it and I'm totally fine with it and this is where the attachment theme came up for the day because I've been sitting with it today and I thought about why is it that I feel okay about it I mean I trust myself in divinity I trust myself in everything that I'm doing in this world I trust that I'll be caught I trust that if the if it doesn't feel right if it doesn't align for me that I've got to act upon that and I've got to I've got to do it unashamedly and I've got to do it even if others around me don't understand what I'm doing but I understand what I'm doing I feel I know what I'm doing and that's where this sprung up from here today because as much as I really enjoyed doing it and the money was good and I got to fly around the country and, and it was a great management position and I had you know, many staff under me and I got to create and lead, it just didn't feel right for me, it just didn't align for me and, and so I took the step and, and have, have ended that, I put my resignation in and, and it's done and because I feel like and because it felt like it wasn't for me, I wasn't attached to it. I wasn't attached to the outcome for it. And it's really hard for some people to grasp that, I think. Because when you do something for yourself, you're stepping into your power. You're, you're cultivating your power. You're feeling it. And the attachments, well, they come from your past programmings, your trauma responses, and I know we talk about that all the time, and it all stems back from all of your, all of your uh, baseline level stuff that you've been given, your past programs, all that sort of stuff. But I find that where I am in the world right now, that, that through the things I've gone through, through the deep inner work and all the different stuff, that 
I'm constantly practicing non-attachment and letting, 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 letting go, letting more go, letting things go when they don't align and knowing that I trust me. I trust that I can create. I trust that I can provide and lead and, and all the things that I know who I am from all the learnings and all the lessons and all the work and then the work that I've done. And I guess this comes from, uh, I guess you, you put this into relationships as well. You know, where's your relationship? And we're always going to have attachments. We're always going to have attachments. I mean, we can never be totally non-attached, but I guess it, it just comes down to the scope of, um, do you trust yourself? Do you trust yourself to know what's best for you? And I guess you need to pull that veil back and just go, what is it that I actually want? And you need to pull that veil back even more and go, how am I feeling with what I'm doing? And then when that fear crops up of the conditioning, of societal conditioning of, oh, you've got to have a job, you've got to have this, you've got to have that to either fit in, be satisfied, to uh, be safe, to be comfortable. And if it's not right for you, well, then you've got to, you've got to feel that and you've got to then feel the fear and then make the decision of what you want to do. And so attachments to me are, I guess, they're significant because when I have a deep emotional bond with something or someone, it's not on a toxic level. It's on a level where I, I feel like I've chosen that attachment. And this is, this is where I'd love for you to be able to just stop and have a check into your life and just see what actually is it that I'm attached to? What is it in my relationship are we attached to? What in my job am I attached to? What in my, in my friendships, in my situationships, in my familyships? Where is all this attachment? And is it healthy? Is it a healthy attachment? And if you can sense and see that there's non-healthy attachments, well then that's, that's a... That's a precursor for you to be able to just dive down that rabbit hole and to just find where that root cause of, of what that unhealthy attachment is. What is it? Is it a people pleaser in you? Is that, is it, were you, were you uh, emotionally stifled as a kid? Were you not validated as a kid when you were upset or when you were feeling your feelings, you got told to be quiet? And buck up and, 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 and be seen and not heard. And so now you're trying to people please and seek in this world, potentially with, with partners and, and co-workers and different things like that. Are you attached to something that's making you terribly unhappy? And that could be anything. Are you attached? Because that moves kind of into the path of, of addiction almost, doesn't it, right? You know, I mean, we can, we can, be, we can be heavily attached to our schedules we can be heavily attached to bad habits we can be heavily attached to you know you know the 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 unhealthy foods that that give us the mouth gasms as joe rogan would call it for the first few minutes but then ultimately it's just giving us a serotonin spike and then dropping back down again and maybe that was your maybe that was your um maybe that was your thing is you need to feel something right so we start to overeat or maybe we're a workaholic maybe we're attached to our job maybe we're attached to our work and i'm not saying is anything bad but it's, is it passion or is it attachment and i'm not saying i have the answer i can only speak for for myself and 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 what i've gone through you know i'm just sitting here just going hey just check in with yourself and just see what exactly what exactly it is that 
you are attached to. And what's the attachment level there? And so, moving into my resignation that I went in today from this job, and it's, it's really, I'm just sitting here now, and, and kind of being a solo episode, and it's my first one I've ever done as well, um, I feel like I'm kind of like diarising it right now. You know, how am I feeling? I'm feeling, if I'm honest, a little bit nervous, right? I'm feeling empowered at the same time. I'm feeling like I don't know what's to come because I haven't got something else lined up, but I trust myself that I will create and I know what I'm doing, but I'm trusting in my decision that it didn't feel right for me. It wasn't aligned for me. And who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just not meant to be employed under somebody's guise, I guess you would call it, but I'm creating something too. I'm creating beta with Ryan. We're creating beta. I have certain skills that I love to do and I'm passionate about. I've still got the auctions and different things like that. And I've still got that flying as well. So I guess, yeah, it's a sense of just moving into the unknown. And the unknown is a scary place, but the more we can move into it, the more we can make friends with it, the more it becomes our ally. And I've, and I've realized that over these years. There's been so many times that I have I have cowered in the face of fear because comfort was a much safer option. And that's and that's a hard thing to to admit. But I guess that all works for all of us as well. And so as you sit here and you listen to my words and maybe this brings up a memory of times that you'll do, you've done it or, or things like that, it, it, it's, it's not there to hold yourself into any shame or guilt for it, but it's, it's there just to go, yes, and give yourself love for those times because potentially that wasn't the time where you didn't, it wasn't your path to do that thing right then and now, but maybe now is. And I'm not saying here to everybody to jump up and quit their jobs. It's, it's not, not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, let's check in with your life. And what is it that you are seeking comfort-wise? What are you attached to? Are you attached to the comfort? <laughs> I know I certainly am. I can go through phases of, of just real laziness. And we spoke about it in a podcast a, a few, few weeks ago um, with our, uh, our second rebirthing episode. And just going through the demonstering and how I had the lazy Nathan uh, the monster or monster within me and in the last six weeks I, uh, I've definitely more moved into more of a rest period part of my life and I've I've honored that I have really honored that and so this job and beta and and all the other things that I've got going on in my life they they, they became a bit higher on the hierarchy or level value for me and so my fitness or my training regime took a little bit of a back seat. So, you know, in the past five weeks, I've probably trained at the gym, uh, you know, half a dozen times. But there are things that I could focus on. I could focus on my eating, making sure I was eating healthy and, and doing well and, and all of that. And so I'm still feeling pretty good. But, but it, was a, it was a definite honoring of where I am. And I can still feel it at the moment. And definitely in my manifest of human design, it, I go through 
wicked seasons and it, I would be a trip to live with. So I live with, you know, Ryan and his partner Van, with another beautiful friend of ours, lives in this big house of ours. And uh, I tell you what, I, I, it, would be a, it would be a trip to live with me. It really would. Um, going through my seasons and just, just still loving me as I am. And that's, that's surrounding yourself with awesome people. People who accept you for who you are and where you're at. Hey, you're always going to have your conflicts and you're always going to have your battles, but, but it's having the, the communication skills to work through them and, and knowing that ultimately everything is for love and coming with a, from a place of love. I've also, uh, I've also been pondering attachment styles, um, knowing what your attachment styles are. And again, I've spoken about these in another podcast before and, and my, my attachment style in a relationship is, is an island. And, you know, I, that definitely just kind of speaks for itself, right? An island, it's, think of like a, a lighthouse in an island and there's water surrounded by water and, you know, we're very comfortable in just being alone and doing our own thing and being independent and so one of my biggest takeaways in my past couple of relationships um, that, uh, that I'm constantly working on is, is to allow intimacy in on deeper levels, to allow my partner in and to communicate when I feel like I'm moving into my island because it's very simple for me just to go, cool, I'll just go and do my thing because that's how I had to survive. That's how I had to survive as a kid and... And I, I was talking to Ryan the other day. He was just going through. Um, actually, we did a full moon ceremony, uh, a little burning ceremony a couple of nights ago. It was a full moon here in New Zealand. And we're burning away, you know, writing down what we're burning away and what we're calling in. And, uh, and something that comes up a lot for me is, is calling in joy. Calling in joy, calling in play, calling in um, just the softness that comes with all of that. And we pulled a card from our card deck and mine, uh, I think it was on that card deck was called the Three of Cups, um, and it was a and it was a it was a beautiful story. It was a beautiful um, with some beautiful words uh, about how the three puffins they're here to bring you joy and, and go in and, and enjoy and experience the joy of life and and stop being so serious and and then I was just sitting there reflecting on on why I'm constantly so serious and why. Why is it that I find so hard to to cultivate continually cultivate joy in my life? I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying I'm joyless and I'm not saying I'm not joyful and I'm not saying I'm not happy, but it's I'm wanting to play and dance in that realm a lot more. And I was reflecting on my life and then I just thought, actually, how heavy my life has been. There's just been Events after events after events after events, right up until I was about, uh, about 15, 16 years old. And then from there, I was just doing my own thing. You know, so, I mean, one of my earliest memories as a, as a kid, one of my earliest conscious memories, not that I've, not the memories I've gone back through rebirthing and plant medicine work and things like that, but my, one of my earliest conscious memories of, is when I was five and I woke up. Uh, one morning, and I walked over to see my mum. She was sitting on the stairs. She had her hands in her hand. Uh, she had her head in her hands, and she was crying. Like she was really crying. And uh, I said to her, "Mum, what's the matter?" And she like looks up at me, and she's, <laughs> and she's, your 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 brother's died. And then 
she just opened the door with her right hand and she said, go outside and wait for your dad. And she closed the door behind me. Now at that time, my dad was a, was a police officer and he was on duty actually. And, um, and he was actually in, in what's called the watch house that night. And, and so mum made the, the 111 call and, and it went through and it actually went through to him. And, uh, and um, again, I'm, I wasn't there, but this is just the, the, my, my rendition of, of what happened. And she, she, she recorded that or said to, to dad that, that our son has died. And my, my brother's name was Stephen. And, uh, and he died of, of cot death. He died in his, in, his, in his bed. And so just from that, that initial, just from that initial uh, meeting of my mum on the stairs, and her just so deeply sad and just went outside and, and told me to wait for dad. I walked down the driveway and this would have been about, you know, the sun was just rising, would have been about 5.36 in the morning maybe. And I remember walking up down the driveway and I could see my neighbor. Uh, he was taking the rubbish out or he's checking the litter box. I'm not sure exactly what he was doing. Um, and he's, he goes, morning, Michael, how are you doing? And I had this memory and I still remember it so vividly. I was standing at the fence line and I just went to go and speak to him. And I went to actually say, my brother has died. But no voice came out. There was no words that came out. No sound could come out. And I just remember going, and, and, and nothing came out. And I just kind of waved at him. And then I just heard the sirens come down and their dad just rushed in to the driveway in the police car and on his, with his sirens on and uh and then obviously then then we got into our day from there and went through all that process and um it's it's super interesting to reflect on that as one of my earlier memories i can still remember the the tightness in my throat and the the inability to speak and and that's when i was that's one of my earliest childhood memories I'm not sure if I've got other memories. Like, you remember things from what looking at photos, don't you? You know, you think, oh, yeah, I remember that. But you're like, did I remember that? Or is that just a memory I've created from a photo at that time? But anyways, I remember the feelings from there. And and uh, and from there, um, there's a bit of a blank there. And then I just remember going to school um, that day. And I remember just lying, uh, sitting at the desk. and um, And it was show and tell. And I remember standing up and I just remember just saying, well, today my brother Stephen died. And then I just broke down in tears and, and then I just uncontrollable crying. And then from there, I remember there's another flash forward slightly another hour or so. And I remember just being at my work at, at, at my desk and we had these workbooks and we were practicing K's like drawing K's. So there was like a, you know, a, a, a dotted line where you would just kind of trace over it and um, I remember we had to do um, lowercase k's and I was just drawing capital k's and I was just crying and crying and crying and then all of a sudden my teacher must have went and made a call and I got picked up obviously must have been one of dad's work colleagues and uh, this this police officer um, in plain clothes comes and picks me up takes me home and I just remember walking into the house and it was just full of people like full of people and I remember walking in and this lady she comes up to me she just goes hey Mike do you want some soup and I said yeah okay and so this lady made me some soup I remember putting it in the microwave and I just sat down and ate some soup 
and yeah that was that's that's my first kind of rendition of 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 my memory and that was when I was five and and it's just kind of been it's just kind of been an evolution of of just things like that in our family's life you know my my, my sister was born with a thing called Cruzon syndrome um, which is a very rare disease and and so as soon as she was born she was in, in and out of hospital for, for you know just ever since she was born she's in and out of hospital and and moving through all of that and and then we're going through that and then um and then we you know we're moving house my parents marriage was was really rocky and it was very very tumultuous and and um and yeah just moving houses a lot as well you know really really shifted things up and and so the reason i'm sharing all this with you is is we are all makeups of something right and i hold i hold no one I hold nothing against no one for any of that. That was that was my choosing. That was that was my life. And and moving through all of that, you know, there were so many lessons. And and I moved out of home when I was fifteen. Went and got my first flat. Uh, my parents divorced when I was fourteen, and and I just kind of went off the rails uh, a little bit from there. And and then I thought, well, I'm working now, and I left school, and and so I got a flat with my friends. And I mean, I remember having a keg party for my sixteenth birthday. <laughs> and and um and then i left the country at 17 so me and my my, my best mate at the time Kawa, we went and moved over to melbourne and uh and just i i grew so much doing that and so there's 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 lots of gratitude there's lots of thankfulness in in what i did and what i went through but to bring it right back around to the beginning again of uh why i was speaking about those stories was was obviously the joy and there was just the moments of joy in my life were were short and far but i wouldn't change it for anything it it, it really turned me into the man who i am today sitting here it i taught i got i taught myself independence very early on yes i'm working through that now but that protected me that protected me through my whole life that gave me my confidence to walk into a room and own it that gave me my ability to be able to just, you know, handle my own shit and just to create what I need to create and go overseas and just get out into the world and just get into it because, because I had learned how to be independently strong and how to lead and make decisions and, and all of that. And so I guess where I also am coming with this to, to tie into the theme of this podcast is Yes, we have attachments. Yes, they do come from places. Yes, they do come from our upbringing and our stories and, and our programs and everything that's, that's been given to us. However, when you start to become more aware of them, you're not the victim of them. You're not... The, you have the choice whether or not that you want to be accountable to them or not. And I don't hold any blame... I've gone through the blame. That was a pro the big, big process in my healing journey. And it, and it needs to be in yours as well to go through blame because there's going to be a part of yourself that, ha that you have to, that you have to honor and you have to, you have to blame some people and then you get through the blame and then you can get into the forgiveness of yourself and you can get into the forgiveness of others. And then you can just get into the stage where you're just like, Oh, I just got parented at the level my parents could. And I just, they just loved me at the level that they were able to. And then you can just love them unconditionally because through that process, you've loved your, you love yourself more and more unconditionally and all the parts of yourself that you try to hide and avoid, 
you start loving them as well. And this is my big process that I'm moving through right now. I'm actually really diving deep into the process of loving my own neuroses. It's been something that I've wanted to be, you know, go through and, and get rid of for so long. However, now I'm really just coming to the point of just fucking owning them. Being like, yes, that is me, right? That is me in a nutshell. I am the person that if I'm not feeling aligned in my job, I will leave. And it's not for anything else but that I know what's good for me. No one else. And I'm really happy to be at that level of my life and just to continually grow at that level of my life. No one else has to fucking understand what, I, what decisions I make for myself. No one. And I want to empower you to get to that level as well. That level of zero fucks given. Now that's not to say you don't have empathy. And I have empathy for all things and all people. I could have more. <laughs> I've spoken about that a lot. However, when you're doing something for you, you don't need anyone else's opinion. You don't need anyone else's input. If you feel that it's right for you, you do that. Now, are your attachments holding you back on things? Are your attachments keeping you in things that you don't want to be in and you know aren't good for you? That's the chicken. That's the chicken there for you to check in and just go, yeah. Or have you grown or has your relationship grown to a place where both of you are at trauma bonds? That's where you first met, but you're willing to, you want to grow out of them now. Okay, great. This is where you can do the work. The deepest work you've ever done can be in your relationship. Hold the mirrors up to each other. You know, go and get some, go and get some relationship therapy. Go and, and, and seek a relationship coach. Heighten your communication. Go and read some books. There's a couple of books that, that I've spoken about on here. Go and read them. It's called Finding the Love, Getting the Love That You Want. It's a really good start. It's an amazing book. And you can start from there. And they do go a lot into inner child um, stuff and, and, and all of that and, and, and understanding your, your, your attachment styles and going through from there. But if you want to grow, great. But if you don't, just as good too. Accept the level where you're at and just be like, I'm happy here. You know, I'm not here to tell anyone how to live. I'm not here to try and get you to listen, uh, to get you to believe how I believe. I just want to empower you. I just want to empower as many people as I can. And I've got to be the example of it. I, there, there's nothing worse in this world that I would ever think would be to be a hypocrite. To say one thing and do another thing. Because that is complete. That is complete. Uh, what would you say? That's dissonance. That's cognitive dissonance. Saying one thing and doing something completely different. Yeah, that doesn't fly with me at all. That's inauthentic. Even the little things, even to yourself. You know, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, you know, I'm sure I do it, oh, not I'm sure, I, I, I am sure I do it all the time, but when I catch myself, I'm like, hey, I pull myself up on that, my words and my actions aren't aligning here, so what is it that you're attached to, it's okay to have attachments, are you attached to outcomes, are you seeking that dopamine hit for accomplishment, or are you able to stay in process? I tell you what, it's a wild world out there. And when we keep moving through, and we keep seeing things for what they are, oh, 
the ceiling is endless. There is no ceiling. You get to be, you know, you get to sit in a place like this with a microphone, with a camera, and you get to just pour your heart out into it. And for nothing, nothing but just to be in the process of that. And if somebody hears it, amazing. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Even just one person hears it. I'm all for just one person. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but if I run an event and one person turns up, amazing. If I run this podcast and one person listens, amazing. <laughs> if I sell one product, amazing. Everything else then is a bonus. And it's not setting my it's not setting my my expectations or, or, or anything low. I'm just removing them. And I'm just going epic. I know the vision. I know where I'm going. But the process has to be first one. Then you get two. Then you get four. Then you get eight. And as long as you're just dialing in and you're turning up consistently all the time, that's all that matters. So I urge you, see where your attachments are. What are they? Get curious. I'm always super curious when I'm when I'm seeing patterns in my life and they come out and I'm like, oh, how did I get attached to that so quickly? <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at entering the dating world again soon. So I'm looking at uh, entering the dating world again soon and... Uh, I'm really, uh, I'm really curious. I'm really curious about, about myself in these situations, and and because I'm constantly on the death and rebirth path of life, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great, and it's, um, but it's also just understanding what it is that that you want when you go into the dating world, right? Because you know, attachments, you know, subconsciously, consciously fly around all the time. But it's getting your communication so strong. And it's getting your communication so open that you can make the other person feel very safe and comfortable. Even if you are saying, hey, thanks, I really enjoyed that time or the couple of times with you. However, it's, the, the, it's, just, not, it's just not working for me. Um, however, thank you, I really appreciated meeting you. I mean, that's a really... It's a very... Uh, strong place to be right i was listening to something today uh about the difference in kindness and being kind and being nice now you get overly overtly nice people right and they are just nice all around and it doesn't do anything for anyone but if you're being kind if you're being kind to someone sometimes being kind to somebody is having that conversation with them. Sometimes being kind, if you're in a leadership position and you're somebody's boss and you're having to bring someone in and go, hey, what's, what's happening here? You, what, you, your performance has dipped or what's going on? And that's being kind because that's giving that person the ability to be able to go, hey, look, this is going on in my life and, and this is why. Or, oh, thank you for, sh you know, as hard as that is to hear, this is where I need to work on. This is what I need to move into or this is what I need to do to be able to level myself up. 
or get back to where I used to be or get to a higher level of what you wanted to be. So being kind and being nice, uh, yeah, it's, it's two really different different things there, right? I, I would love to see more kindness in the world. I can definitely be more kinder. However, I'm, I'm kind in my own way. I'm really, really kind in my own way, actually, just thinking about it now. Because I will tell somebody exactly the truth. I will tell somebody exactly my viewpoint on something. I need to work on my delivery, that's for sure. My delivery is pretty sharp and it really knocks quite a few people over. And so I need to get better at, at delivering my messages sometimes. But again, it's just my human, my human process and my human path of what it is that I'm getting up to. And I really hope that if you're, a, if you're, if you're an avid listener of us and, and you listen to us quite a lot, that, that you really understand that, that, that we are just here sharing exactly where we are, working things out as they go. And I'm certainly never here to say that I'm perfect or anything like that. However, I just love, I love moving through things. I love, and I'm curious as to things work. So your kindness and niceness. Have a look around in your life. How many people who are just really overtly nice? Is that real? Was that a facade, right? Can you really trust somebody who's nice all the time? Because where's their anger? Where's their frustration? Where is their, their other human emotions? right? You meet those really toxic, positive people. It's because they've got their shadow, their, their shadow aspect of anger, the shadow aspect of any other, you know, bottom track emotions are, they're not integrated. And so toxic positivity is, is, is a way for them to feel safe in the world because it will get them liked by everyone around them. And I think you kind of know where I'm going, right? We've spoken about all these themes so many times. If you listen to us enough, it, it all comes back to the same point. But it's just becoming more self-aware of it all. How are you showing up? What's going on with you? What are you attached to? What do you want to be attached to? What do you not want to be attached to? And going, well, what are the changes? And knowing that change is fucking hard. It's so hard. Change is so hard. And that's why not a lot of people can do it. No, I'll strike that. That's not why a lot of people do do it. Everybody can do it. And so if you're part of this tribe, you're part of this community, and you're in it here listening to us, well, you know, you're here for a reason. You didn't accidentally stop and fall over and start listening to our words, um, especially if you, you come back and you're a regular listener. So you're searching for something. You're searching for a way of life of how to see it. And so, you know, I hope, I hope we, can, we can help you a little bit with that. So it's been a really, really interesting episode. I really have really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for, for stopping by. Uh, I hope my ramblings have, have made some sense to you. or um, And I hope uh, you could feel my vulnerability. And it helps drop in your vulnerability a little bit by, by just sharing so openly. And it makes me super happy. And it makes me super... It fills my cup. It really does fill my cup. So thank you so much for stopping by. I love you. Me and Ryan will be back in the uh, duo chair next week um, so he'll be nice and uh, fit and ready by then and we'll be getting into some uh, new guests coming up soon I know we promised that for quite a while however uh, we're, we're, we're getting some lined up now and we'll bring in you all that goodness 
And uh, if you like this episode, please share it. Please get get it out there. Um, our numbers are climbing and it's just consistency. However, we can get out there faster to the world. Uh, if you just give us a little share, tag us in there. Uh, I'm underscore, underscore, at underscore, underscore, Mike dot Wilson. And Ryan is at Ryan Bennett, underscore, 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 underscore. There's that many Ryan Bennett's here. There's four. Um, or tag us uh, at Beta Brand. And uh, yeah, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to... Uh, we love when people reach out and uh, talk to us about the podcast. And uh, if you've got any other themes or anything that you'd love to talk to us about, feel free to give us a shout as well. Other than that, I love you. And until next week, we'll see you then. Ciao.